0: There's one question that has stumped the universe for centuries, and that question is, why do men? Join me, Emma Willman, on my quest to find out the answers on Ask Men Anything. Each week, I'm interviewing the funniest and most interesting men I know to ask the biggest, weirdest, and most pressing questions of Earth's most mysterious beings. Questions like, how do men really feel about your friends? What are men actually insecure about? Honestly, I will ask them pretty much anything just write in AMA at betchers.com. Let's get to the bottom of this together. Ask Me Anything is out now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So be sure to hit follow in your listening apps so you don't miss an episode. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday. I'll see you there.
1: Have a seat, everybody. Thank you very much. Up here, down there, out there, all around the world, welcome to The Late Show. I want to say hi to all my fans in Mexico City, right off the top. (laughs) Hi. There you go. There you go. Broadcasting live to Mexico City right now. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Folks, you know, I've done the show for seven years now. We've had a very good time, but I try never to lose sight of the fact that HAVING ONE OF THESE SHOWS IS A PROFOUND PRIVILEGE. NOT JUST TO TELL JOKES, (laughs) HA-HA. BUT TO INFORM YOU, THE PUBLIC, THAT IS A SACRED TRUST. AND NO ONE IN LATE NIGHT GIVES YOU THE MIDTERM PRIMARIES IN FIVE STATES IN MID-MAY, LIKE THE TEAM AT THE LATE SHOW. THIS IS... ELECTION NIGHT IN 10% OF AMERICA, 22! Train. <laughs> Woo! The results are in, and America has upheld its proud tradition of not knowing who won. <laughs> at least, at least in one race, everyone's talking about the Republican nomination for Senate in Pennsylvania, which pits former hedge fund executive and customer asking the manager why the people at that table got their food first. <laughs> David McCormick against TV charlatan and winner of the Emmy for Outstanding Achievement in Self-Taxidermy, Dr. Mehmet Oz. <laughs> now, as of this, as of this taping, uh, the race is a toss-up, with Dr. Oz getting 31.3% of the vote to McCormick's 31.1%. Wow. That's a nail-biter. That is stressful. AND THERE'S NO BETTER CURE FOR STRESS THAN DR. OZ'S RASPBERRY KETONE AND GREEN COFFEE BEAN PROTEIN PANCAKE MIX. SIDE EFFECTS INCLUDE STRESS. Here's the thing. It is. It's a nail-biter, but both sides remain confident. Last night, McCormick's chief strategist tweeted, based on how many uncounted absentee ballots there are and the margin by which Dave has won them so far, that's why we are confident of victory. While an advisor to Dr. Oz pointed to uncounted ballots in Philadelphia and declared, it's a jump ball, which I will remind you is how they eventually decided Bush v. Gore. Okay. W was a monster in the paint. He was a monster in the paint. He took the rock to the Rehnquist. Now, Pennsylvania law requires a recount when the margin is half a percentage point or less. But one Dr. Oz supporter sees a way around that. I'm talking, of course, about former president Fraud Flintstone, <laughs> aka GOO. Old Flabadaba said somewhere on the internet that Oz should not trust outstanding mail in ballots typing. Dr. Oz should declare victory. It makes it much harder for them to cheat with the ballots that they just happen to find. Well, I will give him this. He is an authority on cheating. Just ask all of his wives. We do. It's been a while. It's been a while. Just throw it out there. (laughs) A little corn. Throw a little corn out for the chickens. (laughs) We do know who the winner of the race will face in the general election. That's Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, seen here in his formal hoodie. (laughs) Now... Unlike uh, over with the Republicans, the Democratic race is not even close, with Fetterman capturing 59% of the vote and possibly going on to win every county in Pennsylvania. Clearly, he's a rising star, which may be why one Biden advisor told CNN, quote, there are big similarities between John Fetterman and Joe Biden. And that could explain Biden's latest makeover. That's nice. That's good. He should do it. He should go for I it. I don't think he should Just go for Just don't a fight, long fight it, right?
2: Just go right? It.
1: Don't write it, right, Fouché? Just go for it. <laughs> now, Pennsylvania Republicans did decisively choose a candidate for governor, state senator, and Mr. Clean going through a rough divorce. <laughs> Doug Mastriano. Mastriano is a hard right Christian nationalist and a central figure in efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election in Pennsylvania. That victory speech. MUST'VE BEEN A LITTLE AWKWARD. THANK YOU, PENNSYLVANIA. I COULDN'T HAVE DONE THIS WITHOUT DOMINION VOTING MACHINES AND THE GHOST OF HUGO CHAVEZ. THESE ELECTIONS ARE RIGGED. STOP THE steal. LOCK ME UP! LOCK ME UP! <laughs> ONE OF THE BIG LOSERS LAST NIGHT WAS NORTH CAROLINA REPRESENTATIVE MADISON Cawthorn, SEEN HERE. Seen here entering a list of his top Axe body spray scents into the congressional record. <laughs> Mango Musk! <laughs> Cawthorn had the ex president's endorsement, but he still lost the Republican primary to North Carolina state senator and hotel concierge watching you and your wife kiss, <laughs> Chuck Edwards. In addition to his role in the state Senate, Uh, EDWARDS OPERATES MCDONALD'S FRANCHISES IN WESTERN NORTH CAROLINA. SO WHILE Cawthorn HAD THE EX-PRESIDENT'S SUPPORT, EDWARDS WAS ENDORSED BY THE EX-PRESIDENT'S TOP ADVISOR. (laughs) NOW, IT'S KIND OF SHOCKING. HERE'S THE THING. HERE'S THE THING. HERE IS uh, THE DILIO. IT'S KIND OF SHOCKING FOR AN INCUMBENT MAGA-APPROVED CONGRESSMAN TO LOSE HIS PRIMARY. But it may have had something to do with Cawthorn angering his GOP colleagues back in March when he said this. The sexual perversion that goes on in Washington, all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes. You should come. They're like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. And then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. Okay, that's an obvious lie. IF MEMBERS OF CONGRESS WERE ON COCAINE, THEY WOULD GET A LOT MORE DONE. <laughs> OKAY. Woo! Woo! OKAY, THAT'S TEN BILLS ALREADY PASSED. TELL YOU WHAT, TELL YOU WHAT, BRO, TELL YOU WHAT, BRO, LET'S FILE CLOTURE AND KEEP GOING. JUST READ THE BUDGET ALOUD WHILE I CLEAN THE CENTER CHAMBER WITH A TOOTHBRUSH OR START A BAND. ANYONE ELSE CRAZY THIRSTY? ROAD TRIP. <laughs> ROAD TRIP. <laughs> GOING TO THE SHORE. THAT'S JUST THE TIP (laughs) I'VE HEARD, I DON'T KNOW, THAT'S WHAT I HEARD. BUT THAT'S JUST THE TIP OF WHAT I IMAGINE WERE A GOOD NUMBER OF TIPS, BECAUSE Cawthorn HAS A BUNCH OF SCANDALS, INCLUDING BEING ACCUSED OF ENGAGING IN INSIDER TRADING, CHARGED WITH DRIVING WITH A REVOKED LICENSE, AND BEING STOPPED FOR TRYING TO BRING A GUN THROUGH AIRPORT SECURITY TWICE. (laughs) THAT IS SO STUPID! EVERYONE KNOWS YOU CAN'T BRING A GUN TO THE AIRPORT. YOU HAVE TO WAIT till YOU'RE THROUGH SECURITY, THEN GO TO HUDSON NEWS TO GET A TRAVEL-SIZED GUN. (laughs) BUT NOW, Cawthorne IS ON HIS WAY OUT, WHICH IS A TOUGH BREAK. How, HOW WILL YOU DEAL WITH THIS DEFEAT, MADISON? I'LL KEEP UP WITH COCAINE. OKAY, OKAY, WHATEVER GETS YOU THROUGH THE NIGHT. NOW, IN PANDEMIC NEWS, NUMBERS CERTAINLY SEEM TO BE GOING UP HERE IN NEW YORK, WHERE THIS WEEK CORONAVIRUS CASES REACHED A HIGH ALERT LEVEL. Now, to be fair, when you're walking around New York City, you're always on high alert. <laughs> honey, 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 walk faster. Don't turn around. The guy behind us isn't wearing pants, and he's wearing an Elmo head, and not where he's supposed to. Oh, God! He's got a Greenpeace petition. Move! Move! <laughs> COVID, COVID is also, it's also rising out on the West Coast. Case in point, my dear friend and fellow late-night host Jimmy Kimmel has tested positive for COVID once again. We wish him a speedy recovery but I do want to point out, getting COVID twice is kind of my thing. (laughs) If you're going to steal my bit, Jimmy, I have no choice but to steal one of yours, too. It's time for Mean Tweets. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. GET BETTER, KIMMEL, BECAUSE YOU CAN'T GET WORSE. <laughs> VERY MEAN. THAT'S, very, that's very, mean. VERY MEAN. VERY MEAN. IT'S HARD TO TELL IF KIMMEL GOT COVID FROM A STAFF MEMBER OR A FAMILY MEMBER, BECAUSE MOST OF HIS STAFF ARE FAMILY MEMBERS. <laughs> SAD TO HEAR THAT COVID SIDELINED MY THIRD FAVORITE JIMMY AFTER FALLON AND DEAN SAUSAGE. I don't know why. I don't know why anyone would do this. I don't know why. Jimmy Kimmel has COVID. Who cares? I only watch his show for the roots anyway. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight.
0: Coming up, Secretary Anthony Blinken. There's one question that has stumped the universe for centuries, and that question is Why do men? Join me, Emma Willman, on my quest to find out the answers on Ask Men Anything. Each week, I'm interviewing the funniest and most interesting men I know to ask the biggest, weirdest, and most pressing questions of Earth's most mysterious beings. Questions like How do men really feel about your friends? What are men actually insecure about? Honestly, I will ask them pretty much anything. Just write in ama at betchers.com. Let's get to the bottom of this together. Ask Men Anything is out now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So be sure to hit follow in your listening apps so you don't miss an episode. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday. I'll see you there.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight HAS WORKED IN GOVERNMENT FOR NEARLY 30 YEARS AND CURRENTLY SERVES AS OUR 71ST SECRETARY OF STATE. PLEASE WELCOME SECRETARY Anthony BLINKEN. Th- THANK YOU FOR BEING HERE. I, d- I DON'T TAKE THIS LIGHTLY. YOU DON'T GET A SECRETARY OF STATE ON A LATE-NIGHT SHOW EVERY DAY. Um, HAVE YOU DONE MANY OF THESE? THIS IS THE FIRST ONE. THIS IS THE FIRST ONE? It is. YOU'RE GOING TO LOVE IT. Now. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I, I WANT TO TALK TO YOU A LITTLE BIT uh, LATER ABOUT the, BASICALLY THE STATE DEPARTMENT IN GENERAL. I THINK PEOPLE MISUNDERSTAND ITS MISSION OFTEN mm-hmm. AND HOW IMPORTANT IT IS. BUT, but THE FIRST THING I WANT TO TALK TO YOU ABOUT IS THAT YOU'RE THE MOST INFORMED PERSON RIGHT NOW I COULD TALK TO ABOUT WHAT'S GOING ON IN THE WAR IN UKRAINE. And BUT BEFORE I ASK YOU MY QUESTIONS, WHAT WOULD YOU LIKE PEOPLE TO KNOW ABOUT WHAT THE STATE OF THAT CONFLICT IS mm-hmm. RIGHT NOW?
2: STEPHEN, THIS IS DAY 82 OF WHAT WAS AN UNPROVOKED UNJUSTIFIED AGGRESSION BY RUSSIA AGAINST UKRAINE. AND I THINK what, WHAT THE WORLD ALREADY KNOWS IS WE'VE SEEN THE REMARKABLE COURAGE, RESILIENCY OF THE UKRAINIAN PEOPLE. Um, wow, OVERMATCHED. Mm-hmm. EVERYONE uh, SAID THREE OR FOUR DAYS AND IT WOULD BE OVER. EVERYONE THOUGHT IT WOULD BE OVER IN THREE OR FOUR DAYS. THERE WAS A LOT OF EXPECTATION THAT THAT MIGHT HAPPEN, BUT BECAUSE OF THEIR COURAGE, BECAUSE OF THEIR RESILIENCE, BUT ALSO BECAUSE OF THE ASSISTANCE THAT WE'VE BEEN ABLE TO PROVIDE THEM WITH DOZENS OF OTHER COUNTRIES. Um, THEY'VE NOT ONLY HELD THEIR GROUND, THEY'VE BEEN PUSHING THE RUSSIANS BACK. THEY WON THE BATTLE FOR KYIV. NOW, THERE'S AN INTENSE FIGHT GOING ON IN EASTERN AND southern UKRAINE. AND THE OTHER THING IS um, THE COUNTRY'S BEEN TERRIBLY BRUTALIZED BY THIS RUSSIAN AGGRESSION. YOU KNOW, WE HAD that um, THE TOWN OF BUCHA NEAR Mm KYIV. RUSSIANS MOVED OUT. WHEN THAT TIDE RECEDED, WE SAW IT WAS LEFT IN ITS WAKE. AND I'M AFRAID THAT AS THAT HAPPENS IN OTHER PARTS OF UKRAINE, WE'LL SEE IT. BUT THE MOST IMPORTANT THING IS THIS. 82 days in, the Ukrainians are standing up for their freedom. They're standing up for their sovereignty. They have so much of the world with them. Uh, And here's what I can tell you. What Vladimir Putin was trying to do was to take away their their independence, their sovereignty. In his his mind, Ukraine is not an independent country. It needs to be subsumed into Russia. That's what this is about. And what I think we can say with a lot of certainty conviction is that a sovereign, independent Ukraine is going to be around a lot longer than Vladimir Putin's on the scene.
1: Now,
2: you were you
1: you were one of the first people to actually brief Zelensky before the war ever started about the the likelihood of of this mm. invasion. Um, you were first to warn the public on behalf of the administration of what might be going over there. You're now leading the U.S. efforts to um, uh, have a a joint response from from NATO countries um, and set the tone for the entire mm-hmm. world. Um, all of that seems like the right thing to do. One thing that worries me, however right I think the fight for the Ukrainians is, is that is there a chance that this could tip over f- to a hot war with Russia? Because certainly Putin mm-hmm. and, and all of his the people in his circle have said they consider this a hot war with the West, whether or not we want to call it mm-hmm. that. So... How do you make sure that that doesn't happen? You
2: know, Stephen, the, the president's been very clear about this, about what this is and, and what it isn't. Uh, and what it isn't is it isn't a war with Russia. This is the United States.
1: Not a proxy uh, war.
2: And it's not a proxy war. It's about us giving the Ukrainians the help that they need to defend themselves, to stop the aggression, to hold on to their freedom, to hold on to their sovereignty. That's what we're doing. And we're also putting pressure on Russia to try to get it to stop the aggression. We have sanctions that we've been leading with dozens of other countries that are making life pretty difficult for the Russians. You know, more than 800 companies, big, biggest brand names in the world, have left Russia because they don't want the reputational cost of doing business there, given this aggression. That's having a real impact. Now, we see reports.
1: We see reports about the fall of Mariupol. And uh, the, the Ukrainian fighters put up a, a fierce mm. resistance there. Now that that city uh, is that accurate? That Mariupol has fallen to the Russians?
2: Russians have taken Mariupol. What does, does that
1: mean to the the, the Russian the, forces the,
2: now? The fight now is after the Russians got pushed back from from Kiev and around Kiev and uh, from northern Ukraine and parts of western Ukraine. This has moved all the way uh, east and all the way south, pretty pretty near Russia itself, mm. and that's what they're that's what they're fighting over. Um, and again, as I said, what's so heartbreaking about this is when the world actually sees what's happened in Mariupol, which it will one day, mm-hmm. um, I'm afraid uh, the pictures that we've seen coming out of uh, Butcher a, a couple of months ago are going to be nothing by comparison. So this is why I think people and the American people have been incredibly generous because through, through Congress, so much support given to, to the Ukrainians because I think it is touching people's hearts. They're seeing. A big country aggress a small one. Uh, they're seeing uh, one country try to change the borders of another by force. They're seeing one country try to say to another country, uh, we're going to decide what your future is going to be, not you. And uh, we can't have a world that works that way. And there's a bipartisan response, which is, this is has been remarkable. It's unusual these yeah. days. Well,
1: anything that anyone can agree on. It's,
2: it's been remarkable. Um,
1: um, PART OF PUTIN'S MOTIVATION FOR THE WAR, AS, 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 you know, as I, I, I SEE IN THE REPORTING, the PART OF PUTIN'S MOTIVATION FOR THE WAR IS TO WEAKEN NATO. NOW, uh, th- THIS WEEK IS MONDAY AND THEN TUESDAY, mm-hmm. FINLAND AND THEN SWEDEN right. SIGN THE APPLICATIONS. Right. Is, is, IS PUTIN HIMSELF THE GREATEST ADVERTISEMENT <laughs> FOR NATO IN A GENERATION?
2: IF I WAS GOING, if I was going TO HAVE A POSTER FOR NATO, WELL. Um, <laughs> WHAT'S REMARKABLE IS WHEN YOU LOOK AT THIS, STEPHEN, President Putin has managed to precipitate everything he sought to prevent. Uh, He wanted to prevent NATO from uh, getting bigger with Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Now it actually is with Mm -hmm. Finland uh, and with Sweden. He wanted to divide the West, divide the alliance. It's more united than it's ever been. And as I said, he wanted to subjugate Ukraine, make it part of Russia. That is not going to happen. So everything we're seeing is um, Putin achieving the exact opposite of what he says he wants.
1: Now, my, my buddy, uh, Pope Francis, has said <laughs> that NATO takes some blame for this mm. by basically stressing out Russia by expanding east mm. up against Russia's borders. Do you, do you think he's got a case?
2: So, NATO... He's a, the
1: Pope. He's the Pope.
2: Uh, and I America. have great reverence for him. I had the... Uh, now, he told me that you were very close Yes, I saw Thank you. <laughs> um, I... Uh, great reverence for him, but let me say this. NATO is a defensive alliance. Countries coming together to make sure that if one of them was attacked, all the others would come in and defend that country. That's what it's about. It has no aggressive intent against Russia. It's never attacked Russia. It won't attack Russia. It doesn't intend to attack Russia. I've got a crazy idea. Mm. Invite Russia to be part of NATO. Well, back then, in, what's
1: he got to be worried back, about? You know
2: what? Back in the 1990s, that was actually something that people talked about. And? Well... RUSSIANS DECIDED THAT WASN'T WHAT THEY WANTED TO DO. OKAY.
1: WE HAVE TO TAKE A QUICK BREAK, BUT WHEN WE COME BACK, I WILL ASK THE SECRETARY ABOUT WHAT ZELENSKY IS LIKE IN PERSON. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. We're back here with Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Um, You've met Zelensky. um, After speaking to him many times, I assume, as Secretary of State, you went over there and visited with him over in in Kiev. What's he like? He seems very impressive as a leader from a distance, but we know he was an actor and a comedian, so he could just be acting
2: impressive. But what's, <laughs> what's he like in person? I, I gotta say, Stephen, he is, he is quite literally the embodiment of the courage of the Ukrainian people, because this is a guy who, when the bombs started coming in, the missiles started flying, he could have left town. He could have gotten out of Kyiv. He didn't, he stayed, he led his people. Uh, and that's both incredible personal courage but it's also because i think he felt that uh he had to represent ukrainians he had to stand up for the country's freedom and independence so you know he's really inspired people all around the world and i've had the occasion to you know meet him uh meet with him half a dozen times you, before the war when we had this information that russia was likely to do this mm-hmm. um i had to tell him we were at the, the cop 26 the the climate meetings and um i sat with him and shared the information Telling someone that Russia may be about to invade your country is definitely an eye-opener. But he has proven to be remarkably resilient. And of course, he's also, I think, uh, made a powerful fashion statement out of the green Mm t-shirt. So when we visited, Mm -hmm. when we visited, um, I went with with Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Mm -hmm. And if you're gonna go into a conflict zone with anyone, you wanna go in with Lloyd Austin. Because you can stand behind Exa- him. He's yes, a huge exactly. man. He, he's, he's, a, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went in. We had a, a remarkable three hours with President Zelensky, uh, with, with his team. Uh, we went in on this train that took about 12 hours to get from the Polish border into Kiev. And actually, Kiev itself looks, now at least, remarkably uh, normal people on the streets, going to, uh, to coffee shops, etc. Now, it doesn't stop the Russians from still firing missiles that, uh, that, that hit Kiev, but the city's come back to life. And, uh, I understand that the, uh, the embassy is going to reopen there. The, the, the embassy, the flag went up today. Embassy, the American, uh, flag, the American flag. flag.
1: What does that mean? What's the significance? Well, two things. What is, what is the... And this will get us into what I want to talk to you about, the State Department. Mm-hmm. What is the significance of an embassy having to be evacuated and that moment of return? What's the
2: significance of both those events? My first responsibility uh, in this job as secretary is to look out for the the well-being of the the men and women of the State Department. I've got to have their security uppermost in mind. So when the attack was coming, we had to make a really hard decision to suspend our operations and to get folks out of harm's way. (laughs) Let me tell you this. they, They didn't want to go, but we moved them to Poland. They took the flag that was flying over the embassy that day with them, and that is the same flag THAT'S NOW FLYING OVER THE EMBASSY AGAIN IN Kiev TODAY.
1: WE HAVE TO TAKE A LITTLE BREAK. WE'LL BE RIGHT BACK WITH SECRETARY ANTONY BLINKEN, EVERYBODY. HEY, EVERYBODY. WE'RE BACK HERE WITH SECRETARY OF STATE ANTONY BLINKEN. We're talking about a war, and we, we talked earlier about, like, the munitions that mm. might go over there and the the, the the tactical and intelligence help the United States may give. But the State Department is not the Department of Defense. Mm. It's not the Department of War. Richard Holbrook called it the Department of Peace. No. And, and, and and General Mattis said, if you don't fund the State Department fully, then I need to buy more ammunition. That's right. What do people not understand about the mission of the State
2: Department? Well, you know, you've got it, you've got it exactly right. Our, our job is... To try uh, to prevent war, if we fail at that, to try to make peace, Uh, and if we we fail at that, to make sure that our diplomacy is doing everything it can uh, wherever necessary, not just to um, make life uh, better for people around the world, but also to make life better for our own people, for the American people. Because everything that we're trying to do is to try to make the world just a little bit safer, uh, a little bit more more prosperous, a little little bit healthier, uh, a little bit wiser, a little bit more tolerant. And that's going to benefit us um what's the state of the state department right now if we only have a minute mm-hmm.
1: here i'm just very curious uh it was uh, sort of famously reported as being sort of denuded mm-hmm. during the previous administration that people who were leaving were not being replaced that the halls were
2: empty is the state department being uh restaffed well you know president biden said early on as we started to move around the world uh, again america's back and i can tell you this the state department's back we have Our men and women, throughout the world, even as we're relentlessly focused, relentlessly focused on on Ukraine and on helping the Ukrainian people, we're doing a lot of other things too. Uh, We've gotten a truce in uh, in Ethiopia so that um, humanitarian assistance can get to people up in Tigray. Uh, We got a truce in Yemen after eight years of war so that there's a chance at a lasting peace. We've helped get now more than 500 million COVID vaccine shots to people around the world on our way to 1.2 Billion shots, that the United States is giving away free, no strings attached so that we can get ahead of COVID around the world. That's the work we do every day. And here's the thing, Stephen. What we know is this. If the United States is not engaged, if we're not trying to lead, then one of two things. Either someone else is, maybe it's China, and that might not go forward in a way that reflects our interests and our values. Or no one is. And that usually leaves a vacuum that's filled by bad things before it's filled by good things. So that's why it's so important. THAT WE ENGAGE, THAT WE LEAD, AND WE'RE LEADING WITH DIPLOMACY. THAT'S WHAT PRESIDENT BIDEN SAID HE WANTED. THAT'S WHY THE STATE DEPARTMENT IS FRONT AND CENTER. THAT'S WHAT WE DO. WE'RE LEADING WITH DIPLOMACY. WE'RE LEADING FOR AMERICA. AND WE'RE TRYING TO MAKE THINGS A LITTLE BIT BETTER AROUND THE WORLD. WELL,
1: THANK YOU SO MUCH FOR BEING HERE. Uh, as, important, AS IMPORTANT AS THAT WORK IS THAT YOU JUST DESCRIBED, I, I THINK perhaps YOU'LL BE you'll BEST- BE REMEMBERED AS THE LEAD GUITARIST FOR THE BAND ABE Lincoln, <laughs> AND THIS IS AN ACTUAL PHOTO, WE DID NOT MOCK THIS UP. TELL ME, t- TELL ME ABOUT YOUR BAND, uh, WHAT DO YOU GET OUT OF IT, AND WHERE ARE YOU GUYS GIGGING NEXT?
2: STEPHEN, I, I LONG WANTED TO BE uh, A MUSICIAN. Uh, as, a, AS A KID, AS A TEENAGER, THAT'S WHAT I WANTED TO DO. AND I SEE SOME REAL MUSICIANS OVER THERE. <laughs> THERE WAS JUST one, ONE MISSING INGREDIENT, Yes, TALENT. <laughs> BUT it, it's, it, IT HAS BEEN A CONSTANT THREAD IN MY LIFE. SO I'VE BEEN IN A, in a BUNCH OF BANDS, IN QUOTATION MARKS, COALITION OF THE WILLING. Um, OH, SURE, WITH ANDRE uh, SHIMONI. Uh, YES, yeah, exactly THAT'S RIGHT. Friend, yes. Uh, uh, AMONG OTHERS, BIG LUNCH. DON'T KNOW THAT ONE. That's na- on me. Na- name because we kind of make you feel the way you do after you've had a big lunch. A l- little bit drowsy. Logi, l- little, exactly. little logie. Okay, sure. Exactly. Logi
1: dance band. Yeah.
2: And what we found, at least what I found in my experience is that the the, the best audience we have tends to be very young children who haven't developed critical faculties. <laughs> well, just out. in case there are
1: any of them watching right now, as we go out, would you would you care? Do you guys have a guitar that the secretary might uh. be able to use? Please sir, Watch not you please?
0: show pod show with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying the late show pod show, leave us a five star review on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Watch the late show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135 1035 Central on CBS and Paramount Plus. And for more exclusive late show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the late show on YouTube. There's one question that has stumped the universe for centuries, and that question is Why do men? Join me, Emma Willman, on my quest to find out the answers on Ask Men Anything. Each week, I'm interviewing the funniest and most interesting men I know to ask the biggest, weirdest, and most pressing questions of Earth's most mysterious beings. Questions like How do men really feel about your friends? What are men actually insecure about? Honestly, I will ask them pretty much anything. Just write in ama at betchers.com. Let's get to the bottom of this together. Ask Men Anything is out now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So be sure to hit follow in your listening apps so you don't miss an episode. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday. I'll see you there.